If you can dream it, we can help you create it. Welcome to the You Create Podcast, the show that teaches you how to take the power and flexibility of a StepCraft 3D CNC system and turn your ideas into reality. So let your ideas flow because we want to know what will you create? Okay, everybody, welcome back to the You Create Podcast. This is episode 10. My name is Eric, and I am your host here. I want to wish everybody a happy new year, as today is Saturday, January 2nd. And um, I'm happy to be back here recording for you. It's been a a very busy couple of weeks here at StepCraft, and uh, it's been hard for me to get back to the mic, but I've got a ton of stuff that came up from hundreds of different conversations I've had with people that I want to get together and start putting some uh, shows together here and and getting this information out on the podcast. So, all right. So the first thing I want to talk about here is uh, model railroading. One of our um, users and listeners of the podcast and a fellow Stepcraft owner uh, had told me about the Railroad Hobby Show, uh, which is railroadhobbyshow.com. It's located in West Springfield, Massachusetts, coming up on January 30th and 31st. Now, I've been to a couple of model railroad shows locally here where I live, and you go in and it's it's in like a, a basketball um stadium uh not stadium but like a gym you know in a gymnasium that type of thing about that size and you know i i thought about it i said well maybe it's worth going and having a little tabletop set up there to show stepcraft uh to model railroaders uh in germany uh that's kind of where stepcraft got started was in the model railroading industry so here in the u.s i would think that the radio control industry as far as hobbyists are concerned, would be much greater um, of a potential for people to be interested in using a home-based CNC machine. But in Europe, uh, it's model railroading is is massive, and that's where they got their start. So I, I took a look at this show, and I talked to some of the folks there, and, and turns out that um, it's not it's not what I thought. It's actually so, uh, touted as the largest model railroad show in the country. And from looking at who's exhibiting and the space that they have at this convention center and, you know, just comments that people put online about the fact that they can't see the whole show in one day um, kind of blew my mind. So we are going to be exhibiting there. We have a 10 by 10 booth. I don't know the number yet, but if you're listening and you're in the Massachusetts area and you love model railroading or um, you know, you have kids that, you know, it just might make a, a great afternoon uh, with your kids to see some of the amazing model railroad exhibits that they have. And we're hoping that we can expose uh, Stepcraft to the U.S.-based model railroading market. And uh, I'm excited about this show. I've never done a model railroad show before. I've done hundreds of radio control hobby shows, um, both with uh, when I was with RC Universe and with uh, uh, the magazines. And I'm excited uh, to to try something new. Uh, so that's uh, going to be, again, January 30th and 31st um, of 2016. And the website is railroadhobbyshow.com. And I will put a copy, a link to that in the show notes. And uh, yeah, it's coming up quick and really excited. Uh, new Year's here and 
I want to get out in front of as many people as I possibly can in different markets for Stepcraft. I love talking to people about CNC and our machines and, and things you can build and seeing ideas that other people have. And I think that this is going to be a pretty awesome uh, weekend for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that and hoping that we will see some fellow Stepcraft owners there or people who are interested in what we have to offer. So anyway, that's uh, one to start off by talking about that. And if, if any um, of the listeners that are out there have uh, used CNC with model railroading, I would love to hear from you. And uh, if you could email me at info at stepcraft.us, that would be awesome. I'd love to see some examples of some things that you've made. Um, I could use photos and project photos of, of different CNC-related items uh, as they pertain to Model Railroad for this show. So that would be uh, awesome if you wouldn't mind sharing that with me. So thank you very much for that in advance. Okay, so I want to get into a little bit of technical talk here for this episode. Uh, this is a common question that we get all the time, uh, specifically from beginners and maybe some people who've been using CNC for a while. You know, we'll touch on some things that maybe you haven't thought about here, but it's really pertaining to uh, how to zero up your job. Now, typically when we talk about zeroing a job, we, we talk in terms of X, Y, zero. Uh, you know, when you put your workpiece on the machine and you fixture it down, you've got a, a zero position that's established for both the X and Y axis that'll be the starting position for your job. Now, a common place to set up an XY zero for a job is the lower left corner or closest to you left corner and or bottom left, I guess you could say. And that seems to be, a, you know, it's defaulted. We, again, we're going to talk a lot about the Vetric software here and how to do certain things with Vetric because that's what we sell and support. But the same thing will apply to any CAM software that you have. But on, on Vetric software, when you open up a job, they typically defaults to the lower left, which is where a lot of people will keep that zero point. Now, there are other choices that you can make as far as a zero position when you're setting up your job. And it really just depends on the uh, workpiece and, and the type of job that you're doing. You could set it up for the upper left, upper right, uh, lower right, or center. And again, it really it really depends on you know on the job that you're you're doing. Now, my buddy Bill Griggs, who runs the CNC Router Tips podcast, uh, also has a company called The Maker's Guide, and he sells a triple edge finder device, which it's a pretty ingenious device. You you put it on the edge of your workpiece and you can use it to touch off uh, the um, X and Y so that you can get your tool exactly to the, the bottom corner of a piece uh, when, you're, when you're setting up your job. And I've not used it. I've watched all the video. I've talked to him about it. The reason that I haven't used it is because uh, the software... Uh, macro that they have for it is works with Mach 3. And in order for us to use it with a Stepcraft, we would have to make a macro for UCCNC, which we haven't had a chance to do yet. So I'm hoping uh, that we will be able to entertain uh, doing that so that we could offer to resell or, or at least send people to Bill's site to buy that triple edge finder. Because 
for certain types of jobs, that's, that's a pretty ingenious tool. Um, especially if you're working on a job that is, say you're running a plate of aluminum and it's a square piece that you're going to cut out of that aluminum. Well, it doesn't make sense to start your XY zero in, in the, in the middle of the plate or off the edge where you've got to actually machine out all four sides. If, if the bottom uh, left corner is a 90 degree, then you might as well take advantage of the uh, edge of the plate that you're putting in your CNC machine. So why make the machine cut all four sides when you can just cut two and use the, the factory edges for that? So in a case like that, it would really, uh, this tool is very, very helpful to establish your X, Y, zero in the lower left corner of the, of the workpiece so that you can run your job. Uh, of course, it, makes, it really depends on you making sure that the plate is perpendicular to both the X and Y axis. If it's skewed at all, then when the machine goes to run the edges, it's, it's going to actually cut into the metal or, or cut into air, and you're not going to end up with the part the way you want. But we're assuming that you fixtured it uh, square to the machine and that you're going to try to establish your X, Y, zero for that part. Now, that's that's a pretty standard thing when you're using aluminum or plastics or uh, things like that where you want to incorporate the edges, the factory edges of the material, then you're going to want to be able to touch off on X and Y for the edge. Now, the way you can do it without uh, a, a device like the triple edge finder is you can lower your Z height so that it's just above the bed of the, uh, the table. And you're going to want to move it to the left of the, the work, the material that you're working on. And then what you're going to do is you're going to slowly move the X axis to the right so that the tool is moving close to the edge of the part. And what you're going to do is you're going to want to touch off the tool to the edge. And the easiest way to do that is for, to use a piece of paper and put it on the edge of the material so that as you slowly move the tool towards the edge, you'll feel the paper pinch. Like you, you won't be able to move it as much. You'll, you'll feel a pinch there. When that happens, then you go ahead and you zero your x-axis. So now you know that your, your x-zero is on the left edge of your workpiece. Then you're going to move the gantry to below the uh, bottom edge of the workpiece. So you're going to move the y-axis down, and you're going to bring. You're going to do the same thing. You're going to use a piece of paper, except this time you're going to move the x-axis. I'm sorry, the y-axis towards the edge of the bottom of the piece, using a piece of paper, until it touches off. And once it does, you're going to zero the y-axis. So now if you were to go to home, you would be in the lower left corner and the edge of your tool will be uh, even with the lower edge and the left edge of the workpiece. And at that point, you've now established that that lower corner is your, your xy zero. It's, I know this sounds complicated, but there are a lot of times where you're going to want to use a piece of material that you're going to want to establish that set, that location. Uh, and aluminum is one that I, I tend to do that with a lot because I don't like having to stress the machine out by cutting places that I don't need to. Um, if I can utilize a factory edge, then I, then I do it. 
uh, especially if we're working with block material where it's thicker and you've got a mill deep, you know, you don't, it just makes a lot of extra work for the tool to try to cut it out from the middle of a, of a block. Now, when it comes to cutting wood, wood's a little bit different. Um, you know, it's a lot of times, depending on the piece of wood that you're using, if your edges aren't perfectly square, um, you know, plus it's, it's wood, it's easier to cut. A lot of times what I'll do with a piece of wood, I'll establish a, a lower left X, Y, zero location, but I'll usually move the tool in an eighth of an inch from the bottom and from the left edge and establish that as zero. And then I'm cutting. So that way I'm cutting a clean cut all the way around the part when I do my final profile cutout for, for that part. So I, that's typically what I do with regards to wood when I'm using a lower left X, Y, zero, um, especially if it's like, like birch plywood or something like that, where it's not super critical to utilize the factory edges. And I want to make sure that all four edges are, are machined from the CNC. So then I, I utilize that. Now there are times where you'd want to use a, a center zero position. And I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, I have a customer who creates these name blocks that it's basically a block of wood, about eight inches wide by three inches tall, about an inch and a half deep. And they, what he does is he sells them online and uh, has the people, he customizes them. So he'll put a person's name, um, which is V-carved, into the face of it. So what he did was he went ahead and, and made these blocks on the CNC with rounded edges, and he made like 25 of them all at one time. And then he went and he clear-coated them, sanded them, got them all set, and they're sitting there. Those are blanks. So when he gets an order, he takes the blank and he loads it into a fixture that he made on the machine. So basically, the fixture was a piece of wood with a cutout in it that's exactly the same size as the block. So the block fits into the piece of wood snugly. It doesn't move. And he squares that off to his CNC. And what he did was on all of the blocks, he measured the center point by measuring across and up and down. And that's where he sets up all his jobs. So he'll go into Vetric V-Carve, then he'll type in the person's name, say it's uh, Nancy. And so he'll type that in. But his his zero point for that job is now the center instead of the left, uh, the lower left. So when he takes the tool and he moves it over to the center point that he made on the block and he zeroes the job there, now when he goes to V-carve that name into the block, it's going to be perfectly centered within that block because that's what he used for a starting point. Now he couldn't use a lower left XY zero because the, all the corners on the block were rounded. So essentially there wasn't really a square corner for him to zero off against. So in that case, using the center was the, the, was the right choice. That was the easiest way to do it. And he set it up so it's a very, very quick process. Take the block out, put the next one in, type the name into V-Carve. It's automatically centered on the block, the job that he made, and he's good to go. Um, then he quickly V-carves it because the blocks were already clear coded. He, all he has to do once it's V-carved is, uh, paint the letters on the inside, give it a light sanding on the surface that removes the excess paint from the top. And then he clears it again. And you have a, a perfect name block with a V-carved name. That's the letters are all black and the surface is clear wood. So it's, uh, that's one example of, utilizing a machine like this for a production type 
um, environment where you're making things that are personalized for people. And being able to use that XY center is very helpful in that situation. Now, there are some cases where I used a lower right uh, edge to touch off. And I'll, I'll give you an example for that. So say you have um, a piece of material that's 12 by 12 square and you, you mount that on your CNC. And now you have two jobs that you're going to run. They're identical. So both things are identical. They're six inches tall by say five inches wide. Now the difference between the two is that the name is personalized on each one. So you have two ways of doing that. You could basically modify your file to make the file twice as wide, copy the, the work piece over next to it, and then customize the name on each one and then run it on the 12 by 12 piece of material as one continuous job. Now, that's one way to do it. However, a lot of people, when they're setting up to make custom things that are going to kind of be mass produced or produced on demand, um, the reason I wouldn't do it that way is because suppose I get three orders, right? So now I've got a file that's two up. So that's good for the first two. But then when I go to do the third, I, I don't have a, a second one on the right side. So in a case like that, I, I would use one master file that's a one-up job. And all I would do is I would, I would customize the name. And on the first job, I would set it for the lower left corner. And I would touch off the material on the lower left when I set up the CNC. And then I would run the job. Now the job is going to work from the left of the piece towards the center. Now, once that's done, I'll go back into VCarve, I'll change the name, and I will reestablish the home position to the lower right. And then I recalculate the tool pass, output the file. This time before I run the job, I touch off the tool to, to the lower right corner. So what's going to happen now is that that job is going to start on the lower right-hand corner and kind of work to the left. So everything is going to shift from the left. So it won't go any further right than where that established lower right corner is. And what that's going to do is, is because I already fixtured the material, uh, it's, it's basically going to let me, you know, work from that side. So I'm minimizing waste. Now, I suppose the other way to do it is I could re-zero the part to the edge of the material where the first piece, uh, was cut out, but just, uh, you know, for a simple, uh, start point for X, Y, zero, is just to retouch off on the other corner. If you're going to touch off the tool anyway, you might as well touch it off to the edge of the workpiece. And you know, it's just that's just another another way to do it. And so that's a case where I would need to use um, a lower right as a starting uh, point, which essentially in Vectric it's called as XY datum, and it's just the the starting location uh, for where you're going to establish your job. Now another reason that I would another case I should say where I would use the center point is say I have a, a piece of material and I need to cut a hole in it. And maybe, maybe the hole I want to cut is an inch and three quarters in diameter. So it's, it's bigger than something I would have a drill bit for that I could use a drill press. Well, this is a perfect, um, simple little case where a CNC comes in amazingly handy for, for that. What I'll do is I'll, I'll mark off on the workpiece where I want the center of the circle to be. Then I go into a program like cut 2d. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. And I establish um, a work size piece, say uh, two inches square. I'm going to go a little bit bigger than the diameter of the circle. I'm going to set the zero datum to, to, the, to the middle of the part. And then I'm going to create a circle that's an inch and three quarters in diameter. 
and I'm going to center it on the part so it's centered within that circle. I'm going to select this circle. I'm going to go to the toolpath, and I'm going to create a profile uh, toolpath cutting on the inside of the line. And I'm going to set my depth and select uh, whatever end mill I want to use for that particular job. It doesn't really matter the diameter because you're cutting to the inside of the line anyway. It's just a matter of how much material you're removing in those passes. Uh, then I'm going to load the piece of material onto my CNC. I'm going to fixture it down. And I'm going to move the tool over and to the center point that I just drew the mark for. And um, when I run the job from there, I'm going to end up with my inch and three quarter circle exactly where I wanted it on the part. So it's a case where you can use a CNC. It doesn't necessarily, you're not necessarily CNC in a whole part, but you know, there might be uh, something that you're working on that, geez, I wish I could put a square hole, say maybe you're, maybe you're making a uh, light box or something and you want to put uh, a switch that you bought from Radio Shack in there as a power switch and the switch is square. That's just as easy. Me measure a zero point where the center is going to be and then go into cut 2D, draw the square, create an inside profile toolpath for it, mount the material, cut it out. You have a perfect square in that material to mount your tool. So, you know, that's one of the things with CNC. You don't always have to think of doing the entire job. It's not always a big carving job or cutting job. Um, a CNC could be used as simply as a, uh, a drill, like in place of a drill press or, or something like that. It's just a very quick way to get a precise cutout or hole or something that you need in a part or, or a piece of work that you're, you're working on. So that's, um, that's one of the benefits of you utilizing a center point. Um, and you know, the, why you would use, uh, the different start points on your, on your job. Now it's very important that you never, uh, reset the X, Y, uh, start point on a, on a, especially on a multi-tool job. So for instance, say you're doing a carving job and you got to use three different end mills. Maybe you're using a quarter inch roughing, an eighth inch ball nose, and then switching to a 16th inch ball nose for the fine detail work. Well, in that job, you've got your initial tool plus two additional tool changes. And every time you change the tool, you're going to have to reestablish the Z height, which I'll talk about in a minute. But once you do that, you don't want to move the original XY starting point. If you do that, then you'll never have a chance of uh, the next toolpath aligning with the previous toolpath and you'll ruin the job. So, you know, especially on like on UC CNC, you can zero off each coordinate independently, but you want to make very sure that you don't accidentally click the zero all button um, when the tool is, is in a different spot other than the starting point zero. So that's just something to be careful of. Um, you know, you don't ever want to move that XY coordinate uh, when you're doing a multi-tool job. Now, part of a multi-tool job is going to be uh, setting, part of any job actually, is setting the Z uh, height. Now, when you when you load a tool in, we already talked about how you touch off X and Y if you're trying to find the edge and, uh, you know, how you got to establish that coordinate first. But then you have to touch off the, the machine has to know that the tool has made contact with the surface of the machine. Now, you have two choices when you're setting up the program. You can set it up to touch off against the surface of the machine or the bed of the machine or the top of the workpiece that you're working on. Majority of the time, you're going to touch off on the top of the workpiece. There are some cases where I like to touch off on the bed. Uh, for instance, if I'm milling a piece of aluminum that's um, an eighth of an inch thick, 
I will touch off on the bed if I have the aluminum uh, clamped down to my T-slot table and I'll tell the program that I want to go down 0.125 inches and I know that it's going to cut right through but not going to mar the surface of the T-slot table. At least that's on that's on our machine. I know the accuracy of it so I know that I can do that with confidence and not have to worry about using a spoil board. Um, you'll also use the bed when you're using tools like a drag knife or a plotting pen or something like that. Uh, you're you're going to use the bed as your starting um, Z uh, height. So, but if you're working on wood or other materials, you want to touch off the Z on the top surface of the material. And it's basically the same process as doing the X and Y. You're going to lower the, the tool tip. I use a piece of paper. Uh, keep lowering it very slowly until you can feel like you're moving the paper and all of a sudden you can feel that the paper is being pinched by the tool. At that point, set your Z zero and you're good to go. Now, your accuracy on the Z is going to be, you know, plus or minus a couple thousandths or whatever the thickness of the paper is. Now, for most wood jobs, that's probably more than fine. Uh, if you need more of an accuracy or you just find that changing tools for a multi-tool job and touching it off manually is a pain in the neck, uh, you can invest in a tool length sensor. We have one for StepCraft. I know a lot of CNC machines have them, and I know there's some DIY ones out there that people have made. And basically, all our touch-off sensor, how it works, it's a machine piece of aluminum with a button in the middle and has a cable on it. It's wired into the machine. You place this uh, touch-off sensor on the top surface of the material you're working on, and you place it right under the uh, the end mill. Then on UCCNC, there's a touch-off button, and you click that button, and the end mill slowly lowers until it touches and pushes the button down. As soon as the button makes contact, the, it quickly retracts up, take the tool length sensor out of the way, and you'll if you do go to zero, you'll find that that tool is exactly on the top surface of the machine. And basically how that works is that the macro for the tool touch-off sensor has been preset for the height of the sensor itself. So we knew ahead of time exactly how high that tool sensor was when the button was pressed. So we put that in there and when it touches it off, it automatically takes into consideration the height of the sensor and subtracts that from where the tool is. And now you've got your zeros right on the top of the machine. Um, it's available for StepCraft. I know a lot of other machines have it too. If you're going to do jobs that are going to require multiple tool changes, then by all means, I, I recommend that you get it because it just makes the process a lot easier and more accurate. Um, it's, it's accurate every time. And, you know, that's, that's important when you're working on jobs, especially jobs that are, uh, you know, like a more precise material, like maybe aluminum or brass or something like that. Now, one thing I want to talk about uh, with regards to um, multiple tool jobs is we are getting ready to re uh, release uh, what is kind of an industry first in this space and meaning in this personal CNC, um, these, this price point range, and that's an automatic tool changer. Now, you can automatic tool changes have been around forever. They're, the larger machines, when you get into industrial machines, they most of them have them as an option or they have them integrated. Um, because you don't want you when you're in a production environment, you know it takes a lot of time to manually change a tool. So you you can set up the machine to do that. Now we have ATCs in stock here in Connecticut. Um, 
We will be selling them in the next few weeks. What we're waiting for right now is we're working on the macro for UCCNC so that we can um, basically run it and it, it'll interpret the G code so that we can position, uh, tell it what position the tools are in. So basically what happens is it's a unit that you attach to the bottom of our HF500 spindle and it uses pneumatics to uh, hold on to the tool holder. And on the back of the machine is a rack. And basically what you do is you take multiple tool holders and you load your, your end mills in them and you put them on the holder. You would have, you'll go through a process to touch off each tool so that it knows exactly the Z height of every tool. Cause they're not going to be the same when you put them in. And that's what this macro is all about. So now when you design a program, say you're in um, uh, VCarve Pro and you're doing a carving job. So you might have um, a rough cut end mill, say a quarter inch end mill, then you'll have an eighth inch ball nose for the carving. Maybe you're gonna do V-carve letters. So you might have a half inch 90 degree V bit in there. And then perhaps you might have um, a 16th inch ball nose for very fine detail work. So that one job could have four end mills. So that's that's three tool changes after you set up the first one on the job. You would load all those tools in the holders on the rack. And when you're in Vectric, you'll assign a tool number for every tool path that you're doing. So you're going to go in and, and it'll know, okay, we're going to do a V-carve letter. That's tool number three. And when you create the output file, the G-code file for UCCNC, you're going to select the Mach 2 slash 3 ATC metric output format. And what that's going to do is that's going to incorporate the tool number in the G-code so that UCCNC will recognize that and it'll automatically pause the job, bring the uh, spindle over, put the tool that's in the spindle on an empty holder uh, on the rack, release it, then move over to the next tool it needs and pneumatically it'll grab it and then it'll go back and it'll continue the job on from there. So when you're doing multiple tool jobs, it really saves a lot of time uh, not to mention, it's pretty cool to watch it work too. Um, it's you know again, I've I've worked with large Haas type CNC machines that are well over a hundred thousand um, dollars, and they have these, and it's cool to watch on a big machine. But to bring this technology and functionality to a small um, personal size machine uh, is is pretty cool. We expect the retail price to be about five ninety nine for the ATC. Um, so when you consider all the functionality it has and, and depending on, um, you know, the type of work that you're doing with your machine, especially if you're making things that you're selling time is money. Uh, it's not hard to justify the cost of the ATC. So I'll be talking more about that in upcoming episodes as we get the software finalized so that we can do it. It is working now with WinPCNC, but any customers that we have after April, of 2015 in the that bought from Stepcraft USA has UCCNC and not WinPCNC. So we have to make sure that we have the macro specifically for that software. Um, I will try to get a video uh, link up. Uh, Germany had sent me a video of it working on the uh, WinPCNC over there. And like I said, we have them in stock. But before we start selling them, I just want to make sure we're all set with support and software and everything. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll have that taken care of. And um, we're pretty excited to be launching the uh, the tool changer. I think it's uh, it's going to be a great 
hit and it'll be yet another thing that stand, makes uh, Stepcraft stand out amongst uh, the crowd of personal CNC machines. Okay, so that's it for this week. I want to thank you again for joining me uh, for another episode of the Ucreate podcast. Uh, for show notes on this episode, please feel free to go to ucreatepodcast.com forward slash zero one zero. Also, I want to let you know, um, I just finished, and I think I mentioned this in the last podcast as well, I finished writing a book um, called Start a Business Using a Stepcraft All-in-One Creation System. And I do have it available uh, on the website. It's a free download uh, right now in an ebook format. And if you would like to download a copy, please go to stepcraft.us forward slash ebook. And you could uh, put your name and email in and it'll send you a link to download a copy of it. So for those of you who are looking to sell um, items that you make or start a small part-time business or even a, a larger full-time business, hopefully this book has a lot of ideas for you and kind of walks you through the process. So I would love to uh, hear your feedback on it as well. So if you have any questions or you want to be a guest on the podcast or you just you have some questions you would like me to address, please feel free to email me at info at stepcraft.us. And that's it for this week. Have a great week. I look forward to serving you next week.